Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We welcome you back to another award-winning episode of The Steam Room. We won some awards? Um, I don't know. Cap, have we ever won anything? We got nominated. We've come close. Yeah, yeah so that, that just means we have to, you know. I was just stretching the truth yeah, a little I know. bit, See, so, You know, like when you're at the Emmys yeah. or you know, you're at the Oscars, we've been to the Emmys. I've never been to the Oscars, but you have to have that shitty I can look. understand why. Yeah, but you have to have that shitty look on your face, like when they announced a winner, you didn't win, and you're like. Oh, happy for them. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. I quit going to the Emmys after I lost like six times in a row. I just I hate sitting there like a loser. I just lost, and I, and I got that. You got to smile. I hated that. By the way, this is uh, Charles Barkley that you're listening to. I'm Ernie Johnson. If you haven't uh, listened to the Steam Room before, um, Wait, who, ha- who hadn't listened to the Steam Room? Well, probably you know every now and then I bet we have some some newbies. Okay. They're not all loyal steamers, but they are after they've given us a listen. Okay. I, I guarantee you. Uh, and uh, we always start the show with, yeah. first of all, and, and I don't know exactly what your first thing is, but I know we'll be talking about the NBA trade well, deadline tonight talk, on the I, air. I want to talk about some series before we start having stupidity fun. All right. John Morant. Star of the Memphis Grizzlies. Man, you need to take a step back and talk to the people in your life. Now, it was alleged that one of his parties uh, pulled a gun on some other other team's people last week. After a game against the Indiana Pacers. Yo, man. I'm not going to sit here and chastise you, act like I'm an old man, but, yo, man, you got to really be careful, man. You need to, because these situations can get out of hand. Lives can be lost, changed forever. The people around you have to understand they're representing you. Um, I go back to when you y'all got into it, with Shannon Sharp and your dad runs over there. Like that stuff can't happen. You have to tell these people around you, your dad included your friends, your man, you're representing me. If something happens, I'm going to get the blame. We can sit here and argue about whether it's fair or not, but the people around you, they are representing you. If you get in a scuffle on the court, your dad can't run over there to protect you. I don't know how in the world you get into with somebody on another team's group where one of your friends feel the need to pull a gun. And I know they've been banned from the arena for a year 
first of all, if everything they say is true, it should be a lifetime ban, not a one year ban. But I just want to tell the young kid, man, you're a heck of a player. But man, you got to start doing a much better job of policing the people around you. That's scary, man. Uh, when people talk about pulling a gun over, there's nothing should happen on a basketball court. That leads to that after a game. Ever. I don't even care if a guy beats somebody up on the court. There's never a reason a family member or a friend should pull a gun on somebody. And uh, I had to start there. Um, yeah, I mean, how do you, what do you make of that phenomenon and, and maybe how, how you've witnessed it in the course of your career up till now? I mean, what's John Morant, 22, 23, 23 years old? If that. Uh, yeah, 23 years old, I think. And you know you've got your guys. Yes. Who have been with you for ever. And then now now you're in the NBA. And But Ernie, you're not that guy anymore. You're a famous basketball player. You're not the same kid who grew up in underprivileged neighborhoods. Where you, you're not that guy anymore. Once you get as a professional – you have to be a professional. Not that we haven't done anything wrong. The stuff you did in the streets don't work in the environment he's in now. He's a terrific basketball player making probably 50 to $100 million a year. He ain't that guy anymore. So things, you have to grow up. You have to change. But you have to police your friends. Hey, you can't put me in that situation. If you're going to be my friend, everything you do, you're sitting in my seats. You 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 have to you can't say stupid things. You can't do do stupid things because every I'm going to get the blame. I've had this conversation with many of my friends, yo man. When we go out, we can't be doing this 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 because it's going to be if it all comes back on it, you. It calls back it comes back to me. But what's scary, man, if you pull out a gun and shoot and kill somebody, oh, it's crazy. Yeah, so I just want to say, yo, man, take a step back, talk to your dad, talk to your friends. Hey, guys, y'all are representing me. What else you got? Well, let's lighten the mood. That won't be hard to do. Before we get to these NBA trades. Uh, China? I don't know what the hell y'all were thinking that we weren't going to notice that big-ass balloon. <laughs> I don't know what the hell y'all were thinking. Y'all cannot be sending balloons over here trying to sniff around. We're going to notice. We saw it all over the place. Yeah, saw it in Montana. Yeah, and, uh, and then we finally went in we, South Carolina. We that was enough. We come all the way across the country. And if you're going to lie... And say it just got blown by the wind, you probably should let us know. Don't let it fly all the way across the United States. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Like, I don't they think we weren't gonna notice that big ass balloon? <laughs> we noticed. We noticed in Montana. Yep. And it got all the way across the country. Uh come on, China. Y'all gotta do better. You got to do better. Come on, China. Come you got to do better. Yeah, you got to do better. All right, what else you got? Man, 
I told you the last couple of weeks it's going to be the best trading deadline ever. The reason I said that, we talked about it on the air. I thought there was four contenders in each conference. With these trades, things done got really, really spicy. Uh, I love what my Phoenix Suns have done. Getting, in acquiring Kevin, Kevin Durant. Durant. They gave up a lot. But and T.J. Warren, T. also yeah, part of that. But, so they, they, my sons got better. Shout out to Rob Palinka. I gave him a lot of credit on getting Rui Hachimura. But Hachimura? Hachimura. Yeah. Is it Machi- Rui Hachimura. Rui Hachimama. And now he went out and got Malik Beasley. Uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell and Vanderbilt. Yeah. The Lakers have become... Interesting. So you want to watch the Lakers now? I want. Well, no, number one. Oh, you know what? I probably let me just say this, and I've said this publicly before. I want to congratulate LeBron. Mm-hmm. That's one of the greatest accomplishments in sports history. I was watching Tuesday night, uh, watching the guys on TNT. Yeah, we got our wish. Hey, I, I was actually in part. I uh, no, I was wishing. You know, part of me is like. Man, slow down. Slow down. Break it Thursday on TNT against the Bucks. But I just want to congratulate him and say what I've said before. I think his story is probably the greatest sports story in history. Uh, what I mean by that, guys, is for him to come into the NBA at 18 as the chosen one, the king, will we say overachieved for what we thought? I mean, exceeded the hype, exceeded the hype, exceeded the hype. So and he's never gotten in trouble in a, in his 24 hour news cycle with camera phones everywhere and the Internet everywhere. I just want to congratulate and tell him, yo, man, one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. And it's been an honor and a privilege to watch him play. When I was thinking when he did this, see, he was born a little over eight months after Kareem set the record. <laughs> he was so. Who's going to be born eight nine months from now? Who might one day surpass LeBron James as the all time leading scorer uh-huh. in NBA history? That was. Uh, it was just. It's. It's strange. I don't. I don't know if anybody will ever touch this now. Well, I now think, that he's. Got I think it. the only person. I think it would have to be a three point shooter. I think because I, I do. I don't think. A guy who makes twos can catch him. If if and I'm saying it's a big if, obviously, if somebody's going to catch him, it's going to be a guy who shoots a lot of threes. Because you can obviously rack up points at a much quicker rate if you're making a lot of threes. And how about this? Because what Kareem had one three one pointer, three. right? See, what if the game changes so much that there's actually a four point shot at some point? You, you, Yep. In 15 years from yep. now. And then suddenly that's in the equation. And yeah. they'll say, hey, and look, LeBron did his, never hitting a four-pointer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, so I just want to congratulate the King. But, man, as we tape in this podcast, we got about two hours. Mm-hmm. There's going to be more trades because – I like what the Toronto Raptors did, going out getting Jakob Podol. 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 <laughs> uh, so 
they're uh, man, the, the playoffs have just gotten very interesting. Can you my the team I picked to win the West with the best records, the Denver Nuggets? Can you imagine the Denver Nuggets against the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs, or them playing? Uh, how about Memphis against the Dallas Mavericks? This thing, no, uh, this has gotten so interesting. Always does, and when it's an active trade deadline, always yeah. kind of uh, gets you all juiced for the that stretch run in the NBA. And, yeah, uh, we'll so. see. We'll see what uh, impact all these deals have. Yes. Uh, by the way, uh, you know, Cap, our our Who? Cap, our esteemed producer, oh. Michael Kaplan. You just be throwing legendary, yeah, things around. Esteemed. So, yeah, yeah. Come on, and I can throw grateful out. He's grateful to you. You must have uh, you must have come through with some um, gin for him. Yeah, I got him some Vulcan gin. Shout out to the people at uh, Redmond and Vulcan. So, Cap always reminds me after the show mm-hmm. that, that he wanted to try my gin. So last week, I put it by the door and walked right past it. Nope. I bought in. I bought. I put two bottles right by the door. They've been sitting there since last. We tape on Thursday. Last Thursday, about two o'clock Eastern, eleven o'clock Pacific. I put two bottles of gin by the front door, so I would make sure that I brought them in to him this week. Well, he appreciates. It. Yes. Um, and I appreciate uh, all of your takes there on your on your first of all. Come uh, on, China. How about do better? Do better. Uh, how about <laughs> Bomani Jones, our old buddy? Oh yeah, can't wait. Got the uh, game theory on HBO, and he's yeah. got uh, an appearance in the steam room straight ahead. Back here inside the steam room, Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah. Good guest today. Yes, indeed. A special guest, Bomani Jones. Have you seen Have you seen Game Theory on I HBO? I have seen it. I, yeah. uh, I've seen it several times. I think last time I was in New York, we spent some time on the set with Bob Costas on his show. That's the last time I've seen Bomani in person. Well, he's he's here on the uh, on the pod today. I like it. Let's I'm, bring him in. Uh, Bomani, uh, the only one rule in the steam room, all right? Keep your towel on. I was hoping that was the rule. I was actually about to bring that up right now. I was so relieved to see you guys fully clothed. Uh, was moving this thing pulled up. I wasn't sure what it was going to be. Uh, hey, it's good to see you again, man. And and congratulations on the show, too. Thank you, man. I really, really appreciate that. I still laugh, man, when I saw you guys at All-Star. I guess it was 10 years ago now where I was so excited that y'all let me in the back door that I accidentally left my best friend sitting outside. <laughs> you remember that? Chuck you know, I, I do. It's yeah. funny. We were talking about that. Hey, so, man... Are you enjoying the show? I am. I am. Like, it was a necessary level of growth for me that I didn't realize that I needed. Because, you know, I worked with our friend Dan Levitard in Miami for four years. And when I left there, I was like, I kind of need a show that's more my own. Because that was dance. Like, it's his daddy. It's his city. All yeah. of that stuff. And then I did the show with Pablo. And it was cool. But I realized that I didn't need a show that wasn't dance. I probably needed a show that was my own. And so now I'm like kind of in charge and do all these meetings and everybody wants to make sure I'm okay with stuff, you know? So I'm doing something completely different than anything I had done before. And the challenge of that has been a lot of fun. What is the biggest challenge of, of doing a show? You got an audience there that, uh, and you have writers. I mean, the whole, what's the dynamic at work that, that brings you from where you're sitting right now to the day that, that you uh, put the show on? 
Man, the hardest part for me really with doing this is I'm at my best off the cuff, right? Like you could call me and tell me, hey, we're going to talk about insert thing here in five minutes. And I can go and I can give you like a whole energy and a feeling that comes around it. And then when we got to write it down and we got to practice it and we got to run it by lawyers and all these different things, it's hard to like maintain that same feeling that you have from it. And so what we start with, I talked to Stephen Colbert before we started during the show. And he said, the best thing you could do as a host is to give people the clearest direction you can as early as possible so everybody then can go and try to implement whatever the vision is that you've got. So I just try to come in at the beginning of the week. We know what the long essays are going to be weeks in advance. Um, as soon as I know what our top of the show topical stuff is going to be, get it to people as early as possible, let them hear my voice, let them hear how I feel about it. And then I have to entrust to a team of probably about 100 people to make me sound like me. Right. Like when you stop and think about that, you're asking other people to help you sound like yourself like that. That's tricky for everybody. You know. What do you think is more given? Stupidity by regular people or stupidity by jocks. They're both the gifts. That, <laughs> they're both the gifts that keep on giving. <laughs> what, what do you get more joy out of? Man, you know, the thing with the jocks at this point is they're so young. And I'm now in my 40s, so I look at them through a completely different lens. It's a bit more of a, oh, poor baby. I'm like, up, up, up. I see where that's going. Like, yeah. hey, you might want to watch out for that guy. He's not good news, right? Like, I, I like almost look at them from the standpoint of, like, they're a bunch of dudes that need advice. The problem with regular stupid people is they like to try to harass me on the Internet. They, they don't bring <laughs> me joy at all, actually. They cause me a great level of frustration. Like, at least stupid jocks can sometimes be funny. You know, but I don't do social media. Where are you on going back and forth? Because the one thing, the one disadvantage I tell my jock friends or anybody who, who's a really good friend, any regular fool can say anything to you, but you being in the limelight, there is like you have to be really careful what you say. So where are you at on going back and forth? Man, I used to be the undisputed king of going back and forth with people. I loved every minute of it and I was killing them, except the thing was, I wasn't really trying to win as much as if it really came down to it, I'll just make a joke about your mom. Like, I don't like, <laughs> am I being silly? Am I being juvenile? That is exactly what I'm doing right now. Like, what I'm not about to do is get mad at a stranger. But now, so much of that traffic on the internet is accounts that aren't even really people. It's like, it's trolls, it's bots. The people that have actually worthwhile things to say have kind of gone away, and it's just gotten so toxic to where now, I'm not going back and forth with people anymore because people aren't even people to go back and forth with. And that's the thing that I wish that more folks who get into it would recognize. Because if you're the type of person that actually gets mad at these people, like I appreciate Michael Wilbon for being like, yo, I can't do this because he really be getting mad. Like yeah. Wilbon might mess around and show up at your house because he actually gets <laughs> angry about that stuff. You know, <laughs> like I can't go there. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, where social media is now, Bomani, uh, would we be better off without it? Or do you see value? What is the value you see in it? Man, let me tell you something. I would be really disappointed if something happened at the end of this season and then they said there was no more game theory. But if they did say there was no more game theory, the first thing I'm doing is getting off of all the social media accounts because I no longer have to be there to promote this. Like, I actually believe it's a net negative at this point. Like, there was a I think it's called The Social Dilemmas and documentary. I think it was on Netflix a couple of years ago that I saw that made a very good point about uh, social media and Internet stuff where they said the only two industries that refer to their customers as users are the Internet and drugs. 
Yeah. Like, that's it, you know? And when you look at the way it's all played out is if it was just kind of like an organically standing space and people naturally moved as they were going to move, I think it could be healthy. And I think 10 years ago or so it was healthy. But now people use this to achieve so many other goals where I like, I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like we're getting puppeteered by people on this stuff to like really be mad at each other all the time. And that's the part that gets me is like, I just look at it like how many people go on social media and then come back happy unless they're looking at a picture of a baby or a dog. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. How I use it. Because yeah, yeah. like, I, 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 I've had this talk with Ernie, Kenny and Shaq because I'm really anti-social media. Never have looked at it, uh, been a part, don't have any accounts. People tell me all the time, I sent you something, you didn't hit me back. I'm like, yo, man, that's a fake account. Because I am not the type of guy who can, I'm not built like I can let you say something and not respond. And I know that I will get in trouble. And when I talk to these young college players, whether they're football or baseball, basketball players, excuse me, I said, if you go into Auburn, there's no reason for somebody from Georgia, Florida to be following you, as they say. And uh, they, there can't be any pluses. Like, why are you following the Auburn person if you go to University of Georgia or University of Florida? Because, you know, they're going to troll you if you have a bad game or they don't like you or something. And like I say, that's, that's the double standard with being who we are. Like, you can say anything to me. But if I respond and go overboard, I'm going to get killed. That's the thing that bothers me the most about social media. Yeah, that's why I just went to making jokes about their moms at that point. Like, if we going to be silly, we just going to be silly. I feel like, Charles, we can get you on social media. We just got to find a way you can bring James with you. Because that's what the issue is. <laughs> like, in real life, James is stopping you from doing anything that you might have done before with somebody saying something crazy to you. If you could have your own James on social media, I think that you could then make it work. Hey, so you're talking to us in New York today. So how can we take the temperature of what's going on in Brooklyn? Uh, no, no more Kyrie Irving, no more Kevin Durant. Uh, at, at a point where just a few seasons ago, they were saying not and the Brooklyn Nets win a title, how many will they win? Well, before you say something about money, what's really interesting about this, and we talked about it, when they, it's been four years. Like, I mean, we, four years is a long time in anybody's life. In four years, we went from like, they're going to win some championship to they've accomplished zero in yeah. four years. That's what's crazy. Well, you know, the thing about the Nets is they never managed to make anybody care. Right. Like in the span of those four years, even with having those guys and maybe because it's, they didn't have those guys out there. But like in New York, it's a Yankee. Like the Yankees are in New York more than anything. But if the Mets are good, New York cares about the Mets. Like it becomes a thing. The Nets never became a thing. Like, you know, it, it's, it's not exactly the same, but it's kind of like the Clippers in L.A. where the Lakers are L.A. And if you want to go watch an NBA game, you go see the Nets. Like if you want to watch the other team, you go see the Nets because the tickets are cheaper, right? Like, that's, that's kind of how it goes. And somehow, they only managed to get a foothold in this city when it was controversial, like when something bad happened. When they went on the run and they, you know, got themselves up to two in the East, nobody in this city cares. I went to the Knicks and the Hornets this year, and it went to overtime, and it was like watching a game with 20,000 people with money on the game. Like, they care <laughs> about the Nets so, I mean, about the Knicks so much. And so New York, like, 
I think it was just something to talk about from time to time in having those guys here. And that to me is really the most like damning thing of the whole situation is how was there never any fun involved with having at various points, two or three of the most of the best basketball players that we have ever seen. And it will always felt like a chore. Like everything about that whole franchise felt like a chore. And I thought that when Kyrie was acting up earlier this year, they should have waived him and traded Kevin Durant because the end game was always going to be this, that they were going to have to get rid of those dudes. And here we are. Yeah, I I told Ernie a couple of weeks ago, I said, going to be the craziest trade deadline ever. And I wasn't even, and honest, I wasn't even thinking about Kyrie and Kevin Durant, and now all hell's broke loose. But I said, this is going to be the greatest deadline ever because there's no scary team. And I got eight contenders, uh, in my opinion, that if one team could make a trade, they could alter the balance of power. And now I, my Phoenix Suns, they, they, I know I've been watching TV a little bit this morning. Like everybody's like, they're the prohibitive favorite. I'm like, I don't know about prohibitive, but <laughs> they got, they got I, better. <laughs> they got better, but I, you know, I'm trying to figure out, I need to get, a, and what's really crazy, they're staying at my hotel. So I was like, well, who's on their bench? I'm like, they gave up everything. And I'm saying, I love KD, Booker, Chris Paul, Aiden. But I'm like, they ain't going to, because the trade deadline is not over. I'm like, man, they going to need some more bodies. Yep, because the West just, the Lakers got better. Uh, I'm wor- I'm so, I'm kind of see what Denver and uh, and Dallas Memphis, Dallas and, with the Kyrie move with the uh, with I, I Luka. I, well, I'm we'll not, see. I, let's see how that works. Who well, knows? I watched them play last night. Yeah, without Luca. And I'm saying they just gonna have to try to outscore people, which is what everybody in the NBA yeah. does these days. Yeah, um, but Dallas, the way they're built, yeah. It's going to be... It'll be a little quicker now, maybe. Uh, you well, think? we can't even... Slowest paced team in the league. They're going to make me and Bomani look like defenders, though, because them two boys can't guard <laughs> anybody. <laughs> they, boys, they can't guard nobody. <laughs> Charles, I was curious what you thought about the trade to Phoenix just because we watched them in Game 7 last year beat themselves seemingly because they didn't get along anymore. And now Kevin Durant is going from the Nets where a big part of the problem was chemistry stuff. And now we go to the Suns who seem to have chemistry stuff. Yeah, I think Chris Paul, I always talk about what a leader he is. I think the key is going to be DeAndre Aiden because now he's never going to get shots. And I think Chris is going to have to, like, babysit him, like, okay, these two guys, they're option A and option B. We need you to play defense and rebound. Now – Pat Riley has a phrase called voluntary cooperation. Like, yeah, you're a good player, but those other two guys are better. So I think that because my phone in Phoenix, because since I lived there, it's been going crazy all morning. And I said, hey, I'll call you guys later because if I have something to say, I want to say it on the podcast with Ernie and Bo Money. But I, listen, I think the Lakers got a lot better. I mean, they got a lot better. I mean, their bench is solid now, but it's still going to come down to AD. But, man, my sons, I really, I'm really saying, man, we got better. I can't wait. Hey, uh, Bo, how much are you going to be talking about the Super Bowl on your show this week? 
Man, it's so much other stuff that's going on that we actually got to try to like squeeze the Super Bowl in. See, like, that's what, you, that's what you want, though, man. You want yeah. you want too much content, not oh, too absolutely. little content. Yeah. So who you got? Like we got a long essay um, that we're doing about the NFL and their social justice initiatives, and they might be more robust than you would expect. I think some people are going to be very surprised by that. We have an interview with uh, Gilbert Arenas. And I am very much so looking forward to asking him about John Morant. I feel as though he will have a particular insight on the John Morant situation. Exactly. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. Uh, yeah, so we got, we got a real good show uh, coming there. And then we're going to talk about, you know, LeBron and this incredible thing that he just did this week. So, Bomani, the elephant in the room with the NFL, what are we going to do about the lack of minority coaches? Man, what they need to do is tell them Johnny Cochran coming back. And I say that because the Rooney Rule came about, people forget, because Johnny Cochran threatened to take him to court. And that was at a time where Johnny Cochran, that, that put a shiver in your spine, right? So the Rooney Rule came about. And then if you notice when it first came about, it really worked. Like you saw the hiring improve. You saw different teams. Like Mike Tomlin is a classic example of somebody who got on in large part. He did an interview with the Dolphins and then his name spread through the pipeline and he wound up getting on with the Steelers. The owners just don't seem to care. And now there's a lawsuit coming. I just couldn't believe this. Steve Wilkes went 6-6 six and six with the Panthers, with Baker Mayfield, P.J. Walker, and Sam Darnold as his quarterbacks. And that man is currently suing the league, and he does not have a job. Like, do y'all just want to pay out? Is that what it is? And I just don't know how it is that we make people care. Like, this can only help you. you the pool from which you hire from doesn't provide as many good candidates as you want. Why don't you go find new ones? They're like, ah, no, 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 we cool. We just keep on losing. How'd that sound? Yeah, losing. That's okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating because uh, Wilkes and those three guys you mentioned, they're about as good as quarterback as me, you, and Ernie. And, <laughs> you know, he takes over a team that's brutal, goes six and six. You're like, okay, this guy deserves He's got to get – I mean, because I love – see, I always tell people, this, how do you judge coaches? I says, when you're losing. Because yep. if you and I said teams quit all the time, they're like, "No, nah, man, I don't want to get hurt. We're not going to the playoffs. I'm not going to kill myself." They fire the coach, and he gets them to play. They play hard for him for the rest of the season, and then we get a guy, and no disrespect to Frank Reich, uh, off the street. Um, we hire a guy off television. No disrespect to Jeff Saturday. Guys, like, let's just hire a guy off TV. I'm like, wait, ho, we can't be just hiring people off television. One thing about the Colts, um, they had two guys who had already been NFL head coaches in the locker room. And we still hired a guy off television. I'm thinking, like, yo, man, this stuff is getting crazy because I feel bad for the black coaches. I, I really do because – Warren Moon said something one time about a black quarterback. He says, we want some black quarterbacks who suck, okay? Like, we, <laughs> a lot of these white quarterbacks suck, and they, we just keep regurgitating them. He says, I want some black coaches to get a chance to suck because it, the system we have in place now is just not fair. I saw Josh Johnson play in a playoff game, and it warmed my heart. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll be perfectly honest. I was like, yo, I got no idea how you sit on the league. You must be the you must be the coolest dude ever. Like people must really love having you around. Cause when you're in the backup quarterback part, the biggest part of your job is being a good hang. You know, just just chilling out, knowing your role, playing your part. I was like, yo, you must have figured that game out a long time ago. Hey, what's your favorite sport, Bo? Oh, I'm a basketball guy forever. Uh-huh. Like that is, I was actually thinking about it um, yesterday. I was talking about something on a podcast and I was just talking about playing in the driveway and thinking about like in your head, counting down the clock and all of that stuff. No doubt. There's something about being around basketball that just feels different than any of this other stuff. Uh, I, I saw this uh, interview you had with Jake Paul the other day. Uh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of social media as we were, I mean, the clips all over the place. So what was what happened going into that? See, I'm not a huge boxing guy. I had to ask Chuckster, yeah. what's the story with his Jake Paul? <laughs> and then I, then I learned he really wasn't a boxer until he suddenly became <laughs> a boxer. And and the interaction you had with him was uh, was uh, priceless, a, a entertaining. Yeah, so there's a couple levels to this. One of them is I'm guessing he thinks I'm younger than I am, right? Because one thing I knew <laughs> is like, ain't no 25-year-old about to like nanny nanny boo-boo me into losing my composure, right? So right. we had been trying to work on this interview for a while. We had even flown to Cleveland to interview him, and it fell through for one reason or another. And so we wound up getting him on Zoom, and we had already planned to do this longer essay, but we wanted to look into his betting app. And I think they knew that we were looking into the betting app. So there's a little apprehension, understandable. And actually, the interview was going real smooth until I started asking about the betting app. And then it got a little contentious. And then his move appears to be to, like, try to insult you. And he does the, you know, you know, you think your other guests aren't smart enough to catch on to what you're doing. Yeah. And with all due respect to Jake Paul, that's the kind of stuff stupid people say when they're trying to throw you off the scent, yeah. right? Like, I, I am on to what you are doing. <laughs> I had to laugh in his face. Like, everybody doing nothing to you. What are you talking about? And so I think there were just some parts of his operation that when we asked real questions about, he didn't necessarily want to answer. But for him, he's a social media dude who's viewed as a novelty. And so I think people typically interview him as a novelty. But he's figured out how to make $40 million in one year fighting boxing matches against people who aren't boxers. So I guess I have to take you seriously now. And I don't think he was prepared to be taken seriously. Right. Well, I, and I didn't actually think your question was that for the, the clip I've seen. I didn't think, like, what happened if you lose? Like, like, yo, man, like, he's not fighting real boxers. But at some point, he is going to, well, I don't know, but he's probably going to lose, if he, especially if he try to fight like a real boxer. And your question, like, well, what's your next move? And then that's when he got, I know all the other stuff uh, was going on, but like, you know what I mean? He, what happens if you do lose? Because once you lose, the novelty is going to be off. Yeah, well, what he told me, and at one point we, we cut out of the interview, and he was on the, I, you know, I don't think about this, you know, I'm a competitor type stuff. But I wasn't asking that question of him as a competitor. I was asking that question of him as a boxing promoter. Like, you have a business that you've built, and can that business be sustained if there's a loss? And so if you want us to treat you like a businessman, then the businessman part of you has to answer. And I said that to him. I was like, you got all the ifs on all this other stuff that we talked about, but you're not worried about the if here. And now, like, what I did realize is he thinks he's a boxer. I don't know if anybody else thinks he's a boxer, but he's now at that point where he thinks he's a boxer. And it's the, the old Malcolm X line, just because you put a cat in the oven doesn't make it biscuits. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> you, you get out there and you fight every now and then. That's yeah. cool, but I don't mean you a boxer. Yeah, you know, I always tell people, got, like, I got friends who are good at golf. And they just say, yo, man, 
if I played Tiger a hundred times, how many times would he beat me? I said, he'd beat you a hundred. <laughs> he'd beat you a hundred. Which of your knucklehead friends is saying I, that? I had a, a friend of mine, his name is Brett. He played yeah. on the Hooters tour. So yeah. he was like a you know, semi-pro. Yeah. It's a corn fairy tour now. And I says, and this one Tiger was at the peak of his superpowers. And he's like, and he was a really good little player, but mm-hmm. he was a, a minor league player. And I says, yo, man, he would beat you a hundred times. He said, Chuck, you don't think I can get him one time? I said, the one thing about television has jaded America. People don't have any clue how good professional athletes are. Like, the worst guy, I can go look at, look at any NBA roster right now. If he went back to college right now, he'd be the best player on a college team. Now, he's not getting to play in the NBA. Yeah. But he'd be the best player on any college team more than likely in the country right now. So people think, and a, a, a regular person, remember that my man, what was my man, the, the brother who was a, like kicking ass in the backyard, Kimbo Slice. Yep. He went out there. He was great on those YouTubes and things like that. But when he went in there with like real dudes who knew how to fight, they were giving him the business. He realized <laughs> He realized right after, like, he fought a couple, as they said, tomato cans, and he mm-hmm. beat them. Then he says, like, I want to try to fight a real guy. He was gone in one round. You remember Pros versus Joes? Oh, they yeah. used to come on TV. <laughs> and that was a public service announcement. They need to bring that back. I would love nothing more than watch them dudes talk crazy to those pros <laughs> and learn those lessons <laughs> the hard way. These dudes are excellent. They are incredible. You are nowhere near where they are, uh, period. Yeah. Hey, before we let you split, uh, Super Bowl pick, who you got? I'm going with the Chiefs, and it's really not so much that I'm going for the Chiefs as much as I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes under any circumstance whatsoever. Like, I wanted for Jalen Hurts. He's from Houston. I'm from Houston. But I just can't. I can't with a straight face be like, nah, I don't think Mahomes is going to win this one. And I never think about quarterbacks winning unless it's him. Well, I hate the fact that you, we're going to let you go on, on a losing pick. Uh, <laughs> all, you, all your Philly is coming out now. That, that's what we got here. All your Philly it, coming it, out. You know what was crazy, but I, I grew up in Alabama, so we don't have any pro football. So I get drafted by the Sixers, and I go there, and I'm hanging out with Reggie White, Randall Cunningham, Jerome Brown, Seth Joyner, Byron Evans, and the head coach is Buddy Ryan, mm-hmm. who probably still is my favorite coach in any sport to this day. And I just like, okay, I don't have a pro team. I might as well become an Eagles fan. And I am so happy. You know, we won. they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago with Nick Foles. I just couldn't be happier for Jalen Hurts. That's why I want the Eagles to win. But, man, this thing for Jalen Hurts would be one of the great redeeming stories. Getting taken out of the national championship game because they say he can't throw the ball. He's really worked really hard on his skills. He has been great all year. I thought before he got hurt, he was the front runner for MVP. I just think it would be a – because he's a great kid. I just think it would be a great story for Jalen because they, didn't I take you to that game? Take me to where? The national championship you game. You didn't take me to that, did you? I got your tickets. Remember, you sit in my box. I bought. I got the box. Oh, but we came over and Eric and I came over and saw you. I went with my agent. Okay, my bad. But we saw you over there. Okay, yeah. But thanks for thinking you got me in there. 
That's the most painful Georgia game of all time. Oh, that's right. Already, I forgot you had a direct connection oh, to that. Man. That's unfortunate. Yeah, that I, I tell you this, though. I'm hearing you talk about hanging out with Reggie White and Jerome Brown and all those guys in, like, 1986. That's a room full of country dudes, boy. All of y'all up there at that same time in, in Philadelphia. <laughs> Dude, uh, Bo, it was so... I remember the, the first time I met Reggie White, one of the greatest people I ever met, I was saying to myself, this little chubby dude's the best defensive player in the world? Cause, Hold on, you said that to somebody? You, you said that to somebody? He was thinking that. I was thinking, because <laughs> when, when I meet football players, they're all little dudes. What? Yeah. They are. I've never met really big football. That may, they're thick, but they're not tall. I haven't met very few football players I've met were tall. They're all muscular and thick, yeah. but but they're none of them are like like I'm used to be. All the guys I know are a minimum of six two, six three, six five, six six. When you meet a football player, most of them are less than six feet tall. Now they're thick as hell, but I don't know that many really tall NFL players. And especially like when I've been to games, I'm like. These dudes are all like 5'11". I'm telling you, Ernie. I don't know. You're hanging out with the wrong football players, man. Uh, hey, I've been around some studs. <laughs> but, they ne- but none of them never really tall. Uh, Bomani Jones, what's the lead story? What's the lead story on Friday on uh, Game Theory? Are you, still, are you still working on format even as we speak? No, I, th- I think, right, unless something dramatic changes, we're going to give LeBron his flowers. Like, yeah. I think they are... The best thing about this accomplishment for me is this isn't a time to talk about him being the greatest or try to compare him to Michael Jordan. Like, this is all by him. This is all about him, him by himself and what he pulled off. And I really do think that this is a not only will this record not be broken, the rebounding record in the NBA is never going to be broken. The assist record is never going to be broken. The block and steals records, I don't think they'll ever be broken. And now the scoring one, like, this is going to stand the test of time. And I really think that. We can't go on and on enough about what he managed to accomplish. Well, I want to tell you something. Number one, I, I'm glad you're doing that because I think it's just lazy. We got so many clowns on TV and radio now. Mike Wilbon, who's like a mentor to me, I love when I hear him talk about it on television. He says, it's just lazy to try to compare. and Because that, that's just like, listen, look, Michael's great. Kobe's great. Kareem's great. All these guys, Michael and obviously LeBron, but it's just lazy just because people want you to call into their radio show or they're trying to get a hot click on television. It's just lazy. I just, yeah, you know what? I've always thought about that because it it is one of those water cooler things. Can't we just appreciate? Yes. Like, Like, I appreciate the fact that when I used to work local sports in Atlanta at WSB, I used to get to watch Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan have some of the greatest battles I've ever seen. And I appreciate that. It wasn't about who's better. It was just, yeah. man, this is greatness, and I enjoy it. And the same way we've enjoyed Kobe and LeBron. Yes. And all it, there's, it's, there's not always a need to rank everything that happens. Somebody <laughs> hits a three-run walk-off homer. Hey, was that the greatest walk-off of all time? Well, I don't know. This one, just appreciate it. Yes, just, just appreciate enjoy it. it. Yes. Am I alone, Bo? Oh, no, I'm right there. Like, especially like, some of these arguments are fun, right? But I feel like this one, at least for a moment, right? This is really just about him. And good gracious, 
it was very clear that LeBron was very aware that this was all about him. That that, that <laughs> definitely um, came through on Tuesday night. But it was like to be perfectly honest. Right. It was it, it was about him. It should have been about him. Like they were. You could talk about the Anthony Davis stuff on the bench. The funniest thing to me was honestly like it made me feel a little bit old was that Bronny and Bryce were sitting at a different part of the gym from Savannah and them because they are at that age where even now they're too cool to sit with their parents. (laughs) And so they had to go sit on the other side of the gym. Like, it was the little things like that because we grew up with LeBron in a way that we didn't grow up with anybody. Like, when Kobe died, it really hit me. Like, as somebody my age who's one year behind him in high school, like, I've known about him my whole adult life. I've been there for the ride. And that's where we've been with LeBron is that we've been along with the ride. We've seen him grow up. We've seen him fall. We've seen him get back up. We, you know, we've been mad at him. We've been happy with him. We've done all these things. And now the dude scored more points than the most unguardable player in the history of the NBA. That's crazy, man. It is. Well, Monty Jones, uh, again, congrats on the show. Look forward to watching it again on HBO on Friday night. And continued success with it, man. You got a, you're a, you've got a great mind for not just sports, but for news. And and you're, and I look at your resume and. Man, you can talk any topic, anytime, anywhere, and it's a great watch, man. I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you guys. And to remind people that we repackage game theory and we run a version of it right before um, NBA tip-off on TNT. Exactly right. We come right. in right, right before you guys, uh, so check that out. And I always tell people, this is big to me, that when I met Ernie, the first thing I told him was, I feel like I grew up with your dad because I grew up as a Braves fan. The first thing I ever loved was the Atlanta Braves. So I always, when I see you, and hear you, I think about him, and I think about all that other stuff. And, you know, Charles has been a, you know, a, a long-range fixture in my life forever. And I remember I did Dan's show, and Charles got on and said, yeah, man, I really enjoy seeing you on TV. I was rambling and mumbling and almost, like, like talked myself <laughs> off of television. So, like, for me to be on with you guys is such a treat, and I appreciate you having me. Of course, my brother. Continue success, and I'll see you somewhere soon. All right, man. You guys have a good one. Okay. Later, Bo. Thanks, man. Money Jones. Back here inside the steam room and uh, legendary, oh, legendary oh. longtime producer of uh, Inside the NBA, Tim Kiley. Uh, Timothy. <laughs> he likes to be called Timothy. Timothy yes, and I. Uh, that's true. Timothy and I have something in common on this day. We both spent time talking to. Uh, 60 Minutes crew for a piece they're doing about you that's going to run in a another month or so. Well, I appreciate y'all doing that. They've it was been great. our pleasure, it man. Was our it pleasure. was our pleasure. It's our pleasure. It was an honor to be uh, invited to talk to them. Yeah. Well, it, 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 you know what I was because trying you're to... legendary. That's no, why. Yeah, okay. You yeah. know what was so funny? I was telling these guys, I watch 60 Minutes religiously. Yeah. And the guy who's interviewing me, and I didn't even know it because they've been in Alabama with me the last couple of days. Right. He, he did the piece on Dion. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was telling him, I love the piece on Dion. He says, oh, we did that. I mean, he said, I said, oh, man, Dion's one of my really good friends. And I was like, man, uh, I said, he said, Dion was great to be around. I tell every young person we work with to watch that show because they'll start and do an intro to a piece about farming subsidies or something. And you think, I don't want to watch this. And then three minutes later, you're hooked. Yeah, yeah you know I, I've I mean? been, uh, it's been one of my favorite shows, and it was an honor for me to be on it. That's great. What's on your mind today, TK? Well, I, I was going to, you know, Ernie, we, we always seem to find something strange about Charles every, every show, right? I mean, you know, doesn't use I an guess. ATM card, yeah. named his daughter after a mall. 
apparently uh, progressive insurance has caught on to that and <laughs> has caught on to your one of your strange habits. Good cap, roll it. What's he doing? He's cleaning the trash cans. Oh, my. Meeting a new young homeowner for the first time is a unique challenge. So you think you can help? I can try. Hey, what you doing? Ah, just cleaning my trash cans. Wow. It's important to build trust. See, you put your address and phone number on here. Well, you can never be too safe. That is a great campaign. (laughs) I can't believe it. It really is. I don't understand. (laughs) I love it. I don't understand why people think I'm weird because I clean my trash cans. <laughs> you clean the outside of your trash cans? And the inside. Now, look, there are times where when you've thrown some stuff away, the trash cans, there are businesses now that will come and clean your trash cans. Why would I pay somebody to do I know, something I can do but myself? I'm, I'm just saying it, it's out there. So I have, I have like rinsed out my trash can before. Or throwing uh, a little bit of something in there, and little, you know, get the smell out of it. But I don't. I do not recall spraying the outside of my trash. Because you have to test the outside. You put your address on yours. I do not do that now. Oh, okay. But you, yeah. you know what gives me the they're, most? They're joy? Can I, can I, I got to tell you something to give me the more joy. Huh? When it's gonna rain. Oh, you saved you one. Oh my goodness! Like I soak it. When I when it when I'm normally doing it, I just put it, fill it like like half, not half, not even half, like one third. Oh, is this a good story? And, and I put uh, <laughs> some cleaning stuff in there. But if I know it's going to rain, I cannot get them cans open fast enough because that's when I'm at my best. Just let it rain for like all day or a couple hours. Put a little stuff in there, then because you can get the top, get around the top. He, this is the weirdest dude I've ever met in my life. What if it's not a trash day? So if if you, if it's going to rain and it's not a trash day, will you just take your... No, your, no, no. It depends on when's the last time I cleaned it. Because I clean it after every, after every pickup. Yeah. You ever washed a rental car? Yeah, of course I have. I can't drive around in a dirty car. What are we, yeah. animals? <laughs> You're over the top, dude. Dude, I'm uh, not going to drive around in a dirty car. Top. Uh, big game this weekend, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> nice pivot. <laughs> I, do you know $7.6 billion will be bet legally on this game? But how about for people not named Charles? Well, that's yes. right. I, <laughs> that's right. I, you know, the Super Bowl, it's just one of those things. You got to watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, you don't have to really watch the World Series because it's just it's six, seven games. Same thing with the NBA playoffs. Like, we watch because we, we love basketball. But, like, one game, one day, everybody's going to be watching. You got to watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, like, when you're always in Vegas. Yes. Now, are you watching? So, you're watching yep. the game like a hawk, right? You're, or are you doing something else no. while so, you're... So in, in, in Vegas... Are you watching the people who are reacting to the game? No, well, that's actually one thing that's really fun where I'm at. So I'm in a room with probably 10,000 people. We all have like... My area is going to be like three of these. Because I have... I think I got 12 guys for me. Because they put like sofas and tables. Everybody has a different session. It's spread out all over the floor. They have four... Big hundred screens in every direction. 
But what's crazy, every time something happens, people go crazy. Like, you can see who bet on the coin flip. Right. You can see who bet on the length of the national anthem. Right. And then throughout the game, everybody's bet on the team. People be betting on safeties and things. So the room is on fire, like the whole game. There's no insignificant play. Yeah, there's exactly. Because no there's like, a bet on everything. Which, and, and I got a couple way, of idiot friends who bet on the coin toss. Well, yeah. I, got, I got some prop bets for oh, yeah. you. You ready? Uh, Ernie, I'm going to give this one to you. The national anthem over or under is two minutes and four seconds. Chris Stapleton is the singer. I want to meet him. All right. Under. Under 204, okay. But that's one of those things where you have to take it from the first yeah, chord, the chord, first, yes. yeah, or from his voice starting yeah. to sing. No, it's it's the chord, it's the music. Did you see him and Stevie Wonder at the Grammys? I did not. Man, Chris Singleton, Stapleton, excuse me, his voice is unbelievable. I, actually, you know, you're talking about 60 Minutes. The, he actually was like the, the valedictorian at his high school. And he went to Vanderbilt for like, uh, if, if I remember the story, he was like the valedictorian of his high school. And he got a, he went to Vanderbilt for like three or four months and say, screw this, and then move to Nashville. I, if I remember that story, uh, it was a really good piece on him. That's cool. So I'm taking the under. All right, you're taking the under. Great. Um, you've got two hurt quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts over under 241 yards passing. Over. Can take the over on over. that. Over. All right. Patrick Mahomes, another banged up quarterback. Yep. Over under 288.5 passing. Over. Over. All right. Good. Yeah. All right. Before we ask for picks, we have a special guest who uh, has a request. Fellas, it is Lefko reporting live from Brooklyn, New York, as they're now referring to it as the place where King Ben Simmons resides. <laughs> Chuck, congratulations on welcoming your favorite bus driver to your favorite team. Speaking of Phoenix, how about my boys, the Birds, Eagles taking on my best friends, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Chuck, I got to ask you, how excited should I be? Ernie, you have experience winning football championships. Do I have a chance? I need to know. I will be there, and I will try not to lose my voice. I love both of you. Keep your towels on. Thanks, Lefko. He's, he's such a good dude, Adam Lefko. He's such a good dude. You can just go by, by one name. He just goes by Lefko. Now. Well, that yeah, was a stretch. He's not Elvis uh, Madonna. He's not so, Madonna. He's, so he's a big Eagle fan. Yes. Eagle. Chiefs, Eagle. Are, Chiefs are winning. Chiefs are waiting. Why you're giving a Eagles are giving a point and a half. But it, it doesn't matter. We ain't gonna do they. They oh, gonna we, need more we. than okay, that. Okay, it's we now. Well, okay. they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an Eagles fan, and you know that. All right. We're going to be uh, Super Bowl champions Sunday night, about nine nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Pacific. E A G L E S Eagles. Can you top that? No. What I want to? No. Point. <laughs> Uh, I'll leave you with this one guy to watch out for. The Eagles got a guy named Hassan Reddick. Oh, yeah. He knocked out He's two quarterbacks. dude. He knocked out two quarterbacks last week. Well, keep an eye on him. If they don't block him, I somebody's going to be hurt. That. Mr. Purdy, hope he gets his little arm better. The UCL, I think. And then he knocked out Josh. Johnson. Not, no, no. Yeah, Doc, Josh, Josh Jackson Johnson, whatever his name Ooh, is. Hello. But, hey, man, he <laughs> comes off. Spin out. He come out. He come off that corner flying. He yeah. does. 
right, boys, we'll see who's right. Ernie's kicking your ass on every other bet, so. So you get how many? How many am I getting? One and a half. One and a half. Yes. I just need one. Thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Confidence. Confidence. Uh, we'll be back. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Come and join us in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in steam room. Leave your towel on in steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Chuck and Ernie in the steam room. Leave your towel on in the steam room. <laughs> when did you record that? Oh, it's been a couple of years. Yeah, I, I, was I sitting here when you did that? Or did I, I just can't, I don't remember. That would have, I, I wish I could have seen it live. <laughs> but, um, or as Kenny would say, live. Live. Hey, uh, welcome back inside the steam room. Um, where we uh, conclude uh, every episode with uh, Chuck's old school answering machine where it doesn't matter where in the world you are. Oh, yeah. You can uh, reach us at 404-987-0330. Here's call number one. You've reached Charles Barkley. Leave a message, America. Loyal steamer Justin from Vancouver. My question is, can you still dunk? And if you cannot, when was the first time that you realized you couldn't and what was that like for you as someone who had been terrorizing rims for so long? Thanks so much, guys, for all you do. Appreciate it. Thank you, Justin, in Vancouver. So you well, you can't uh, dunk anymore, right? That's to be a hard no. <laughs> I, I, I will tell you this, though. Uh, shout out to my boy Rick Tockett, who just uh, became the Vancouver Canucks head coach. He, would, we, he just left uh, TNT hockey coverage. Right. Uh, I want to thank him for taking that job because Vancouver is one of my favorite cities in the world. Great spot. Uh, I miss going there to see the Grizzlies. So now I got another reason to go to Vancouver because, you know, Toronto is my favorite city in the world. Uh, Chicago is my second. But Vancouver is a wonderful city, and I can't wait to go up there to see the Canucks play. That's an interesting part of the question was, when did you realize you couldn't dunk anymore? So that had to be after your playing days, correct? Or did you try there to was dunk not a lot, before you There was you not a lot up? of dunking going on my last year in the league. Yeah. Uh, so probably when I retired, because if you try to, you could hurt yourself trying to dunk. Because like all the wear and tear I had put my body through. So I don't even remember dunking my last year, but definitely when I retired. And, and I'm not even close to even thinking about dunking again. That's nothing positive can happen if I try to dunk. <laughs> I tear quads, groins, knee ligaments, ankles. No, there's no dunking going on. Next up, roll it. Hey, Charles. Hey, Ernie. This is Manny Romero here from Albuquerque, New Mexico. My question to you is um, I work the night shift at my job. I work for the news morning show. And I know that you, Charles, are no stranger to staying out all night. But I know that that was in the past, and you're a grandpop now. But still, I'm curious. When was the last time you pulled a whole all-nighter? And what were you doing, if you could tell us that? Thank you, guys. Wish you guys nothing but love, happiness, success. Love you, Ernie. Love you, Charles. Thanks, uh, Manny. Uh, thank you, Albuquerque. Is that what a pit is? Yeah. Damn it. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, man. I played a couple – one exhibition game there, man. What, that place is legendary, the pit. The, the last all-nighter I pulled would be this weekend – because, you know, me and 12 of my friends go to Vegas every year for the Super Bowl. Hold it. 
That's not you. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I'm just telling. So you're the, anticipating an all night. Oh, I'm not leaving that blackjack table. Uh, I when I go to Vegas, I go at it. I like to gamble. There's a good chance I'm gonna be pulling an all nighter Saturday into Sunday or Sunday into Monday. Sunday into Monday because we're playing golf Saturday and Sunday. Then you, the Super Bowl starts around 3 o'clock, 3.30 Pacific time. So by the time the game ends, I'll probably gamble all night Sunday and go straight to the airport. Uh, because I, like I say, I, I started out with six guys. Now I'm up to like 12 dudes because we got some freeloaders. Because guys realize Vegas is the best place to watch the Super Bowl. Uh, so... My man, thanks for calling in, but my ne- next all-nighter will be Sunday night in Las Vegas. How much will you put down on the game itself? Probably 100000 Hmm. Small world. I'd probably I'm bet hundred grand on the game. Yeah. Go Eagles. We're just betting double or nothing on the money you didn't pay me for Georgia's championship I, I game. I tried right? to pay you. You said, no, let it ride again. Yeah, I know. Well, okay. because originally you lost 100 to me. Yes. But I let you buy it out, 50, and you took the buyout, well, but you still didn't pay me the 50, so now double or nothing on the – and I've got the Chiefs. What? And so, you've got the you Eagles. You know what's annoying about you telling that story? What? Because when, when we made the bet – you're like, you gave me like more points. I know. And then you're like 45 to 17. <laughs> you're like, we're going to beat them like 45, 17. And it bothers me that you were right. Yeah, I was a little under on, uh, <laughs> on us. Um, next call. Hi, Charles. Hi, Ernie. Loyal Seamer here from Maine, New England. I just keep my towel on and more last weekend when the Northeast was hit with an Arctic blast. Charles, in the last episode, you joked that the producers of the podcast found the only black birder in the world. I also happen to be black, and like Ernie, I love birding. I have bird feeders at home, and I even went looking for birds in the mountains, despite the extreme cold, against everyone's advice. My question for both of you is, what are your favorite types or species of birds? Chicken doesn't count. On a serious note, Charles, Thank you for always encouraging black kids to take advantage of college education. I teach at a college. Way more kids, blacks, but also others, can study to become doctors, lawyers, scientists, and engineers, all really good paying jobs, then they can become professional athletes. I hope you continue to spread this important, important message. Love your show. Thank you. Wow, that was awesome. Number one, thank you for being a professor. Uh, that's awesome. I'll give you my top three birds, okay? Uh, first of all, giving you my top three uh, birds. See, this is one. Giving this, you my top three you're birds. You're Number you're one, a... Eastern bluebird. Number two, goldfinch. Number three, cardinal. This dude. There's my top three birds. You, you, you just living. You are living proof. <laughs> I, that you are the whitest person in the world. Eastern bluebird. Uh, number one, perennial number one pick. I don't. I. You know, Cap. You're in such a minority, Chuckster, of yeah. those who hate birds. And, or Just because y'all found birds, the, the, second, the, second, bird the second black person in the world who's a bird watcher. Number one, <laughs> I want to thank him for, like, <laughs> I really, 
when I made the role model commercial, man, I, I wanted these young black kids. First of all, I wish every young black kid could play in the NBA. It's the greatest life ever. But I want them to know they got a much better chance of being doctors, lawyers, engineers, teachers, firemen, policemen, things like that. And I get so offended. Now, we, I'm not going to get into a debate about NIL and all that other stuff. But you really used to annoy me when I hear people on television talk about, well, these kids don't get nothing but a scholarship. I'm like, well, first of all, I hate that argument because a free college education is a big deal. I mean, I, I got friends, regular friends, who are still paying college loans. So I hate when people tell kids, well, they not, they're making all this money and they're not paying these kids anything. No, a free education is a really big deal. Now, the system wasn't perfect. I know that. And it's definitely not perfect with the NIL. But thank you for the call of my brother. I love you like a brother, Ernie. But, man, I ain't never heard one of my friends say they were going bird whatever. Well, I don't say I'm going I'm going out to do it. I just happen to have bird feeders near around the house, and they fly up, and I and uh, they're beautiful. They're beautiful to watch, man. I didn't say that, but I'm only looking at them for a second. I'm not. Yeah. And my man said he went out in the Arctic cold and look at birds. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's doable, too. You can go out and, and find different species of birds you've never seen before. I see. I can, I can see that. Uh, well, Even that, though I haven't done that specifically, I can see that. Well, okay. Uh, what's, what's my favorite bird? What's number one on the list? Let's see if you were paying attention. Uh the, the um eastern the, the blue blackbird eastern bluebird yeah yeah look it up okay, okay. Right. i'll get right back oh, to oh, you by the that. way you know this is our last this is our last podcast before your birthday is it yes it is uh this is big isn't it six oh coming six-o, up big six oh coming up the crew the crew's got something for you can I, isn't that, can isn't I, that can, nice can i spend it okay oh it's a little heavy oh it's heavy for you okay Oh, Ernie, that is so kind. Well, open get, up. Do they have to open it up now? Yeah. Uh, folks who are listening to the podcast, yeah, just, they gave let, me, a, let me describe it. Charles now uh, ripping with the right and now the left hand. Oh. Big rectangular box. Man, y'all might have asked. This two might be feet a little, by three this feet. This might be a legitimate gift. Uh, some type of Amazon box. I hate y'all. And now uh, he I is displeased. I hate you people. What is it? Bird food. <laughs> is it? Really? <laughs> Let's see. Let's okay, see. Okay. Uh, bird seed? Let's bird see seed. what you got. Wild bird seed? Uh, they're all wild. Yeah, you're not keeping them in the house. Yeah. But isn't that uh, what it says? Wild bird wild seed? Wild bird. Like, they have to tell you it's wild. Wild. Because they're outside. They yeah. got to be wild. As opposed to in-house what? birds. Uh, this is wild bird seed. Wait, what's an in, what's an in-house bird? Like a canary, a parakeet. Okay, those are pets. Yeah, but they're also birds. Those are pets. Well, so you don't want to get wild bird seed for the in-house. Well, so birds. Well, I guess I thank you guys for the gift. Yeah, uh, that was very thoughtful. This gonna be good for you, Ernie, to take home. And very feed. thoughtful. Let me see it. Hold it up, will you? Oh yeah, it's got a cardinal on there. And a little uh, a chickadee up there too. That the gray, gray, see, black, and white. See, you just it told is. you. You need to go on Jeopardy. All this useless information. <laughs> 
Thanks, happy birthday, thank you, crew. Thank happy, you. Happy birthday in advance, Chuckster. <laughs> 60 is going to be something to yes, see, Grandpa. That'll be awesome. All right, thanks for being with us on uh, the Steam Room. We will see you again soon. For yes. Chuck, EJ, later.